When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's back and bigger than ever. It's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew. Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. It is another edition of the Unofficial 40 Podcast with the entire Sooner Scoop crew. We are here as uh, we get ready for, uh, I don't know what the hell we're going to get ready for because the basketball team still can't win a basketball game. Uh, and even though hey. Joe Lenardi cannot uh, get them out of the NCAA bracketology, um, why are you haying, Bob? The last time we they played on a Wednesday and we counted them out, they won in Morgantown. So we're going to go for that again. Was that, I've already guaranteed a win today. <laughs> was that uh, seven months ago? It seems like that was about seven months Ooh. ago. I mean, when we asked Porter Moser about their best performance, he went to Arkansas. That's two months ago. That's, that's ouch. And then and Arkansas got... just knocks off Auburn number one. So, hey, so quality win OU's for Oklahoma. Yes. That's right. That was an awesome game last night. It I really was. Smith uh, to end up in Oklahoma City. I thought they were going to fight in the end, but until the crowd came, it might have. I mean, that ended up being one of the greatest endings of all time with the guy <laughs> getting dunked, KD Johnson getting dunked over. That was awesome. And I agree. I, when they turned the lights off like that, it scared the both shit out of freaked me. me out and pumped me up. I was like, is this going to end in some type of like, Violent. I could see people getting mad about that. I mean, it didn't seem safe for the Auburn players. Well, apparently it turned into a rave because Musselman lost his shirt and just was, you know. He's such a douche. <laughs> like, if he was your coach, I think you'd love him. And I don't know. It just, I've, I've heard people are on the inside not too fond of him. Or he could be a difficult person to work with. Speaking of douches, uh, I'm trying to finish the radio show this morning, and all of a sudden, Eddie hits up the war room with a text saying, uh, from Robin Roberts, saying, tune in to Good Morning America. Well, we'll be talking to uh, Caleb Williams about going from Oklahoma to USC. And I think to myself, like, you mother um, Like, that's... We're going to go from never talking to the media on to Good Morning America... Uh, and my first thought was like, how's like Lincoln, what are you doing? Like, you just letting him do whatever he wants now. Like going good morning, like good morning America, I think is in New York, isn't it? Of course, I guess there are satellite yes. feeds. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. but it was just like, and then I, I, I hit up somebody at OU and I was like, I sent him that tweet and I was like, just L O L. And 
then I was told there's no way that Caleb's people are not the one that set that up because last year his his family uh, said that they wanted his first interview to be a big splash and that they suggested it be Good Morning America because apparently they have an in with Robin Roberts and then Lincoln never allowed that to happen. So, uh. so uh, like... I mean, who, who do these people think he is? <laughs> like, that's... Everybody was bitching and complaining about it, and it's like, rightfully so, like, it's time to move on, but it's like, good morning, America, to ask him what? <laughs> like, what has he done well, to get on good morning, America? Something. I mean, he got on there. Like, we can, I don't know how we fault him for that, like... He got on there. Like, we can't be like, who do they think they are? Well, I was like, do you really think that most of the producers at at Good Morning America were like, who are we having on and why are we having him on and who is this person and what has (laughs) he done? We just had had the Oscars announced and we can't get one of those people on our show this morning. We're going to have a football player that nobody really knows about. The whole thing's amazing. I've been watching. Is that it. what happened, Bob? It was no. I I would assume, but if you have you know Robin Roberts has the sports background, you have Strahan, you'd have two people who could carry that just fine. If if Robin Roberts the end there, that I go, oh okay, that makes sense. The whole thing is just so it seems forced. Like I don't know if I was, you know, some house mom getting the kids ready for school, I just wouldn't be interested in that. It just I guess it surprised me that they would even be interested in having him on. Well, and it also kind of is interesting just because you know that family sat Lincoln Riley down and said, if we're going to come here, you ain't telling us shit about doing media or not. We're doing whatever we want. Sure. Or we're not coming here. Well, I, and he I'm just trying to think it. of a comparable for Good Morning America. Like, Have they ever a, had a... a yeah, I mean, like, you usually have to win the f***ing Heisman to be on Good Morning America. Well, like, okay, think of something they cover more regularly, like a movie. Like, he was on a really mediocre movie that some people liked and some people didn't. The director quit and left, and he followed the director to the next movie. Like, what Like what? Why, what would be the pitch for that guy to be on Good Morning America? Like, it just, it, it I, don't get me wrong, I'm with Eddie in that, I'm baffled Good Morning America would book him, but they did. So I guess good on the Williams. Like they, they, you know, they're getting the spotlight on them, which I think we've, you know, made abundantly clear is what this is all about and has nothing to do with what was it, best football future or whatever was said originally. Development. Development. Yeah. Yes. But but here's the thing. It's like, you know, people. Developing a narcissist is what they're developing. (laughs) The people that are like, you know, the USC fans are like, oh, you fans should get over this. Like, they keep bringing this up. No, it keeps getting thrown back in the faces of OU fans constantly. Whether it's, it's, I mean, like Lincoln Riley goes on Colin Coward every other day now to lie more about things. Yeah, he's on like a dumbass tour right now. Like just how much he's stupid shit can I say in a wash. short amount of time? Yeah. Oh if, my God. If you didn't see the Tuesday comments and your first reaction isn't like, mine was pure laughter. It's just like, okay. I mean, if that's what you want to, like I said this morning. If he truly believes what he told Colin Cowherd on Tuesday that they got him out of the portal and didn't get him from Oklahoma, we need to we need to move to Los Angeles or at least go to Los Angeles and protect Caitlin and the girls. Like they are in danger of a sociopath if he truly believes that. Guys, 
Stop we know we have a lot of OU players that listen to the pod. Yes. Stop. God, I, I've said it over and over again. Turn heel. Embrace being this. the asshole. Yeah. It, stop. Stop pretending. Like, we all know what it is. It's fine. Just be that guy. But, guys, we've got a lot of players that we know listen to this podcast. Release the text messages. Release them. <laughs> Let them be out there. Because there's – guys, uh, we, we've talked about it privately. We know for fact players that were not at Oklahoma that were reached out to. There's no way he was like, well, I'll do oh, you're that. Saying there's no but, way oh, that, you guys, I'm not going to do that. You're saying that even though they weren't in the portal, that they were probably reached yes. out to. Yes. At no, right. at other schools, and not probably were. Oh, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. So, like, it's uh, just own it. Like, stop. Uh, like, and I, I get that he can't own it. Like, I get that he can't. But don't just lie. Just don't say anything. Well, don't and set I, yourself up for that. I love the comparisons that some of the fans were like, and, and some of our listeners were sending in, like. I didn't get Taco Bell. I got DoorDash. To kind of, you know, the whole, I, we didn't recruit Oklahoma yes. players. We recruited players out of the portal. <laughs> I hadn't if seen Riley, that. That's pretty good. If he wants to lean into it and become the villain, I think I would enjoy that more than him just yes. trying to ride the fence. Go, you go might try to not get blocked. That's the only way he's going to get any type of respect from me is if he just finally comes out and says, look, I'm Darth Vader. I was never Anakin Skywalker. Like, I'm evil. Yes. yes. Just, like, this pre this pretense that I'm the good guy and everybody's just painting this wrong. No! Everybody can see it, other than Colin Cowherd, who, that's just, well, you know, I mean, not he talking. Has, he has skin and he has money <laughs> in, the, in the fight here, and he knows... Oklahoma yes. fans are easy to be prodded with. Look at the Baker Mayfield stuff. Yeah, Look at the Russell Westbrook. He knows what he's, he's made well, a I mean, career off of you know getting yeah, under OU. One hundred percent getting after OU and Ohio State fans. He makes a living doing that because he knows how big the following is, and then it'll pay off. And then he doesn't have to yeah. walk around like. And he gets to be the USC fanboy in Los Angeles, and you know that uh, that looks great for him when he walks around all day. Because it's hard to hate someone for being a USC fanboy. You're not really yes. pissing anyone off. Yep. <laughs> yes. For about the last 15 years, you've been it's not like completely if, like if you're an Alabama fanboy, you're pissing a lot of people off. Yes. USC's harmless, and they've been harmless for a long time. But yeah, I mean, it's just like, I, I don't want to, I don't want to waste time talking about it. But at the same time, it's just like, I feel bad for Brent Venables because I'm just like, people are not going to be moved, be able to move on until they see us like the spring game. That's the first time people are really going to be able to move on. Like they're going to hear. I would open up practices. That's what I would do. And I, that's not a selfish thing. I would just open up practices so people can come in and see that OU now has a new coach. His name is Brent Venables. He's got all these new players. They've got a new quarterback. Like, you've got to move on. At some point, we I, I agree. I, yes. I will agree with the SC fans. Yes, OU fans and OU people need to move on. But Lincoln Riley does not make it easy. Beats by Dre, the nail stuff. Like, it just keeps coming. It, it's it's I, the godfather. Every time I think I'm out, they pull me back in. 
Like, I, I was done with it. I wanted to be done with it. And then he said that stupid shit about the portal. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. It just, you're like, at that point, you really, you're trying to bait people. You don't even get to play the, oh, this has been really tough on me or whatever, which I could even buy for a dickhead. But now you're just trying to incite people. Well, and somebody was asking me this morning, they're like, do you think you, you think USC will be pretty good on offense, won't they? They'll, they'll be pretty good, right? And I'm like, USC is going to be exactly like 2021 Oklahoma, except not nearly as good. Like, that's yeah. what USC is going to look like this year. They're, they're going to have a quarterback that makes a lot of plays. They're still going to lose games. Their defense is going to give up more plays than you want them to. They're just not going to be nearly as explosive because Oklahoma was a much better team last year across the board, especially defensively, talent-wise, than what USC is going to be. So they're going to be a, a shitty version of a 2021 Oklahoma team. Like, that's what they're going to look at. Now, that probably produces nine games if everything goes the way it should next year because their schedule is awful. Caleb Williams is going to long for the days of the worst Oklahoma offensive line in nearly a decade. Yes, he's going to be running for his life. Yes, the whole time, but it's about development. So um, Eddie's already thinking, I hope he gets hurt in the first game. <laughs> I don't want injury. Eddie has to... matured, thank you. I haven't. I, I've matured. I've reached out to OJ for collaboration ideas, okay? <laughs> oh, God. Someone he doesn't even have to bring the gloves this time. I'll provide them. You know what's amazing uh, is I got a DM like this morning before the pod, before we started doing the pod, uh, and it's amazing how many people people go back and listen to old pods. And someone was doing that, and it was a it was a a lady that I've known on Twitter for a long time, uh, and she says, "Okay, I have a question about a previous podcast. Something that was said was bleeped out." I so want to know what was said. Please, exclamation, 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 uh, with the gritty uh, grin face emoji. I can only imagine it was probably something about Tom Herman's wife. I mean, I probably know what it, I probably I probably need to just say, is it about, was, were we were talking about Tom Herman? I guarantee it's a yes. Oh, the great Michelle? Yes. There was a lot of Eddie. You, I mean, I, you made me... I'm not going. I don't know what it was. I, I would not remember at this point. But uh, we still I exist as exactly a company because of my uh, decisions to put the long bleeps in. <laughs> Does Tom Herman strike you as litigious? I mean, maybe, maybe just a little. Well, you heard the stuff that Eddie said about Michelle. I mean, yes, yes, I and did. I love her. I was part of the unedited. I, That's an easy, easily it, it a winning lawsuit. To say, I love you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Moving on. Uh, so sorry, Ann. I have no idea what it was. There were several of those incidents during the Tom Herman era. Um, all the, the monkey lady. I mean, you know, we might have some long beeps coming up next year. Oh, Chris Plank has responded to Cal Colin Cowherd. I love it. Plank going for it. Yeah, even when, when you know when it's getting real when Plank's getting involved. Mm-hmm. They are, just, I believe they are, are they it's gonna, Fox, they're Fox uh, staff, they're, he's going Fox against, brothers. he might have to go look at his contract, he's going against one of his <laughs> colleagues. 
we're going to get Sean Hannity on next week. We were going to have Joe Rogan this week, but we're going to have Sean Hannity next week. <laughs> we need to get Party Marty and Firecracker Eaton Frank. I don't know who that is, but they sound like a great Frank show. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Now, but that feels like a visual gag. I mean, how how is he doing that and impressing people on air? That's That's confusing for me. I don't know. It, it, it's uh, so the thing that me and my buddies have been always saying is, well, you know, over it doesn't matter. And then you ramble on for the next 20 minutes about how you're not yes. over it. But then at the end, you say, yeah, don't worry over about it. it. <laughs> over it doesn't matter. Put it on a t shirt over it. But then you have to throw that t shirt away after something stupid, stupid happens next. So, and more stupid will happen and more will be said. And Lincoln Riley will try and continue to justify his actions and what he's done. And I, it'll piss everybody off. Yeah. Do you I know do what the world though, needs that... right now? Ruffin McNeil. They need Fido. <laughs> well, Fido? They Fido need has... Fido. <laughs> you, know, we have... you know what? I think, I think, I think now Ruffin is a good thing. time. To release the text about what Fido actually means. That it was not a wholesome phrase. Because I don't think we've ever called him out for that. It was not forget it in drive on. It was the only word that we bleep on the podcast. (laughs) It depends how much you had to forget it in drive on. How severe it was. Of all the podcasts in the world that could call out Ruffin for that, I don't think this is that podcast. We're we're pretty comfortable with that sort of language. Yeah, I'm just saying it. You know, it wasn't the wholesome storyline that it was made out to be. Right. Yes. I'll take it a step further. Ruffin McNeil is only an extension of Lincoln Riley, so f him too. Oh God, I am not there. The waste I'm actually snow. wondering what, what Ruffin thought of what Lincoln did. I he probably told not, not what do you say in a in a public setting, but right. yeah, little little true serum moment there. I'm I'm guessing Ruffin, the, as bitter as he was about the way he was pushed out at ECU, he probably he probably didn't care. I mean, he's I I would think he would be like, look, just do whatever you want to do, man, because they'll they'll fire you if you don't, you know, if you have another season like this one. You could be on the hot seat. I think that's what Lincoln was just trying to. I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe Lincoln really thought like, okay, I'm not improving this program. And maybe that's what he'll do. Maybe after four years, he'll leave USC and take the Chargers job when they're tired of analytics, boy. I've wondered about that. Do you, I mean, do you think there's any merit to in a couple of years, I might've, I might've been in trouble. I don't think so. The way he was recruiting, I don't really believe that, but it's an interesting idea because there's just no question that the results were falling. I just think that I I, I think that he did not like if if there's anything that I that I really feel was true. It's I think that he was unhappy because he was being criticized and felt like nothing that he was ever going to do was going to be good enough for the fan base and no one was ever going to be happy. And no one was ever going to feel like he, you know, was, was, I think he felt like his reputation was only going to get worse because of the insatiable appetite for winning at Oklahoma. 
Not to mention that I just don't think that he thought that and going to the he SEC, could be the one that leads him into the SEC. Right. And with the SEC, right. I think he felt like, you know, I could probably get, see myself getting fired in five years if we go to the SEC and we don't succeed at the level we have been in the Big 12. I'll tell you this, though. You look at the uh, the NFL combine draft list, uh, invite list that was sent out on Wednesday morning, though, and you see the 11 guys that are invited tying Alabama or is it just second to Alabama? It's, and, it's tying Bama for second. Georgia is first. Okay. I mean, you do have to wonder, like, what the fuck was going on the yep. entire year? What a yep. massive, massive failure. Well, I think we've established since was. the Baylor game, since the bye week, the season sure. fell apart. No, it did. Yeah, look at the week Perry on Winfrey just put together. Against I mean, could, could you say that even going back all the way into August, that this thing was almost destined to be a disaster? Well, look, I mean. Look at that Tulane that game. game. They yeah. never looked mm, prepared. Sure. Not right. at any point did that team act. Like a team that was ready to go win a national. Well, title. look at it. Look at it this way, though. I mean, this was a team that was plagued by discipline issues, and they were a team that could never, you know, never hold on to a lead. Like it was, it was, and, and I mean, look at Perry Al Winfrey. Like you said, great talent. We all thought it. We expected a big year out of him, and it was almost like, look, motivation and motivating players was an issue inside the program. It just was, and. I think a lot of people blame Benny Wiley. A lot of former players blame Benny Wiley. I'd give it up to, like, Teddy and Gabe. Like, they always felt like it was an issue. They were not fans. Yep. And I think, you know, and here's the thing. Like, the Stoops era and and all that stuff, that was what they were built on. That's what they believed in is is a a tough offseason, someone that kicked your ass all the time. And Benny Wiley was all about, you know, uh, being a good guy, being their friend, putting stuff on Instagram, promoting the program himself. Well, they, and I think he bonding with Eddie. That there were only well, he blocked me three years ago, a long time ago. <laughs> but I think it I, it could also be said, Kerry, that the if you look back at the people that he promoted, it wasn't the you know walk on third string guy. He only had relationships with guys that I feel like he could he felt like he could promote on social media. That people would notice. Yeah. Benny Wiley. I, I think I think Benny Wiley definitely played up the people that he knew were gonna get interactions on Twitter. It wasn't he didn't give a shit about the second, third string guys. Yeah, I mean you know you saw like early it was a lot of Spencer Rattler. Yeah. Then it became a lot of Caleb Williams. <laughs> But I mean, I, I what just a, what a big winner in all this. Spencer Rattler, man, he goes from like a pariah of the program to it's like maybe go he wasn't to South the problem. Carolina, go yeah. win a Heisman Trophy, young man. You've done well. Like I'd be a little embarrassed if OU fans allowed him to buy his own beer in, in Norman the next time they saw him. Well, especially since the tweet he put up and took down, where he basically yep. laughed at Caleb and Ooh. called him a clown. <laughs> that was a good one. Love it, love it. By the way, it was. Somebody on the on the site put up a podcast uh, that uh, a USC site did, and I I know it's not our USC site, so I, I guess I could clown whoever I want. But it was like two. It looked like that old uh, Chicago roundtable sports show with two really dinosaur guys and then one younger guy, and 
they were trying to figure out what the nail polish deal was. And I think they thought like it was a brand that his mother liked. Like they had no idea about the nail polish thing, which I find just hilarious and delicious. <laughs> That'll fit in out there. I think so. I don't think anybody's going to care. No, he definitely will fit in out there, but not with those sure. two old dudes on the. I think someone described That's one guy as like, it looks like that guy eats rocks. <laughs> oh and when you look at him, you're like, yeah, that's a pretty good description. I think it said, looked like uh, Barry Trammell's brother or cousin that is addicted to crack. Yes, that's it. Yep. <laughs> I do remember seeing that. But just like, like, like what the USC faithful is going to learn and just the, like, I had no problems with Caleb. He's just a different guy. I think he's, it's like I I explained it to Isaiah Thomas. Like he reminded me kind of like of Prince, like what his whole vibe was, like kind of androgynous. It's kind of like okay, what's his deal? Is he into chicks? Does he like dudes? Not not that there's anything wrong with that, but just hard to tell. I just think Caleb's being held hostage by people that are making decisions for him. And sure, I mean he plays a part in it. I don't think there's any doubt about that, but. It's hard, but but all of a sudden they have all the control again because they're like, yeah, we got you a couple million sure. for some headphones. So what we were doing, sure. maybe you'll understand it now. Yeah, mm-hmm. keep Now if the now, but here's the thing: like Spencer Rattler got shit for just for having an online store. Like people got mad at him for having an online. Well, they got mad at him for also being a kind of a dick, um, you know, to the other kids on campus. But like people yeah, were, not bury the lead. yeah, people were so upset about just him having his own merch line too. It's like he cares more about NIL he does playing football. Like Lincoln, like Caleb Williams is doing NIL publicly like no one we've ever seen. Yeah, well, and it was all com- it was all basically compounded in the fact too that he just wasn't playing well, and then you add in the expectations of the season, and it just the anger boiled over on the Rattlers you know, basically what happened. Well, you go out there, run around, uh, have a terrible offensive line. The other teams, enough t-shirts get circulated and they realize you can rush three and drop eight. And he has trouble like he did last year. People will turn on him really fast. I think they'll turn on him, but he has a little bit of a grace period out there because USC so bad. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know. People well, are probably and sick of us talking about USC. There are no other backups, so they are. But sure, and we should be sick of talking about it. So we I can will move say on. that you know I think somebody said it on the board, and eventually we are going to start turning you know the focus into spring football. I think the spring football game, uh, you know, whenever they announce it, I know the twenty third has been uh, kind of thrown out there as a possible date. I could see that being an eighty five thousand plus type situation interesting in norm like i i bet OU sells out the spring game well there's no that i know of there's there's not going to be any kind of like in past couple of years seems like there's been either like redoing the bleachers or wi-fi that's kind of limited uh you know seating and they've kept it to like one side there shouldn't be anything that limits attendance this year so i could see that i mean definitely 50 60 they might not need to do a concert. Concert days are done. 
I mean, if if they're going to do Baker Kyler statue, they don't need to do a concert. I think it's going to be more of a cel- it's going to be a continued celebration of kind of what we saw in the aftermath of the Riley stuff. Uh, you know, kind of walking into the indoor facility for that big pep rally. Mm-hmm. It's going to be more of a celebration and kind of a middle finger of this is what we got. This is what you're going to focus on, uh, you know, with everything kind of, I guess, keyed out towards, hey, remember us out west. I could see it being a sellout, though. I Hopefully the weather's good. You would think by it April be. 23rd it would be. All the competition. I mean, this, this guys, we talk every year about, oh, this spring's really interesting. This spring's insane. All the change that OU fans haven't really seen in 20 years with the coaching staff. You've got new quarterbacks to look at. You've got competition battles all over the field. Like, I mean, it's uh, th- this is this should be a really fun spring to kind of be around and cover because there's actually new questions to ask. I mean, there, there's stuff yeah. that's different. Well, and let's start with what you mentioned, the quarterbacks. Bob, uh, I know you uh, had a copy of Jeremiah Hall's podcast, and they had Dylan Gabriel, uh, he and Braden Willis, on their pod on the prairie. I have not had a chance to listen to it yet, um, but I know you transcribed some of it. What was just the general overall kind of tone of Dylan Gabriel's appearance on the pod on the prairie? He was... You know, the opportunity was given to him, and he was just going to take it. And it just sounded like to him, didn't matter if Caleb Williams could stay in OU or if he was leaving. This is what was being presented. It was, you know, open, fair competition. He he was going to go for it. And he did mention the craziness of January 3rd, because I know Jeff Lubby sort of talked, he talked about that last week too, about with that being the first day of classes, and having to tell Dylan, hey, maybe don't attend this first class. Maybe wait just a little bit. And he mentioned how tough it was sort of going back and forth, trying to figure out when he should make his move. But, you know, once Caleb hit the portal and he was talking with Coach Lubby, it was just it, – it felt like just a matter of time. And it really was just a couple hours later, commit OU, and you can just kind of hear that he's doing everything he can – during the winter to win the locker room right from the jump. You know, it's funny that he says that he was more than willing to come if Caleb was still going to be there and everything like that. But if what we had heard is true, that he had reached out the morning after the Alamo, I think there was kind of a wink, wink, you know, behind closed doors. Hey, we don't think he's going to be coming back. Why don't, why don't you, why don't you start progressing towards moving your stuff to Norman? That's the way I feel. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah, you, I mean, you you would have to have said, look, I mean, not knowing, like, you would have, if you're Oklahoma, you would have been irresponsible to say, look, we don't think he's coming back, but he could still be here. Like, I, and it sounds like he, he came on those terms. Um, but, and Brent said, didn't, I think Brent said it basically like after he was in the portal a couple of weeks, they were just like, okay, yeah, we're moving on. And yeah. I remember Eddie, you, had been hearing some stuff, and you I think you were the first to put it out there, like, OU has moved on officially. Yeah, I think that... And it was about you know, a couple of weeks. Some, yeah, and I, I think that, you know, there was, like, I, people always kind of, I think, get caught up in the, well, what was actually, like, the, the communication part of Team Williams and OU. I think that there was never any, like, animosity. Like, I don't think that OU told them to f*** off or anything, but I think everybody kind of knew which way this thing was headed 
I think when you have a conversation with somebody, you generally know we're all on the same page. And I think that everybody just kind of said, you know what, like, I, I let, this is best for everybody if we just cease communication. And then you hear, you know, maybe the team Williams reached back out. And I think that was more of a, I think that's when OU said, you know what, like this, this just isn't going to happen for anybody. You're not, you're not taking us seriously. Quit stringing us along basically. Well, and now it's done. I wish and, they would have said F you, but that would have been awesome. Right? Oh, well. I'm like, sure somebody I'm sure somebody <laughs> wanted to, especially probably Carl at some point. Maybe not a coach, but probably someone in dealing with him in the NIL process. Yeah. But, I mean. It's just one of those things. Like, you get the is. feeling Dylan Gabriel's that. Gabriel's here now. Yeah, Dylan Gabriel's a quarterback. Time to move on. It go, is time to move go, on. He, New offensive coordinator. Out the dinner. He's taking the players out to dinner. He's like he's doing all the little things. I tell you what, the ranch is doing some pretty good business lately. They're getting a lot of pub. My God, somebody was between the ranch and I think he saw he took Eric Gray to the Winston uh, a couple nights ago. Yep, pretty good restaurant there over the old coaches' building. Yep, the Winston's just pub W, pretty much. They're both great. I like them both. But Neighborhood Jam, That's if someone takes you to Neighborhood Jam, you just had sex, probably. Because um, that place so is Jeremiah awesome. Jeremiah Hall said, except for the last part, he said Neighborhood Jam is where you got to take people. <laughs> <laughs> except for the last part. Uh, Jeremiah Hall did not confirm the sex. Okay. <laughs> so it's Valentine's Day coming up just around the corner, and uh, you might still be looking for that perfect gift, or... You might just be looking for a nice little discount. And uh, Dead Soxie has you covered if that's the case. If you're looking for a, a new set of socks and their stuff is fantastic. Uh, the Oklahoma collection. Uh, go check it out. They got the four packs. Uh, dual four packs and the eight pack. Uh, so you can get everything they have that's the OU sock. Plus they've got the retro sock uh, that's out there for pre-order. To go check that out at deadsoxy.com. That's D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y. Uh, but they've got your Valentine's Day gift covered as well. Nothing says I love you like some good uh, good socks. Uh, Dead Soxies increased the discount on our Boomer code to 30% from now through midnight on February 14th. So head over to the site, see all the new styles, take advantage of this amazing offer. That's uh, promo code BOOMER for 30% off up till Valentine's Day at midnight. So happy Valentine's Day from Dead Soxy. Uh, that's D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com, D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com. And as always, stay Soxy. I mean, and you mentioned the spring, Josh, and and all the stuff that we're going to be looking forward to. And, and, you know, we've broken down the offensive line recently on the pod, uh, and, and that's certainly going to be something. But, man, the defensive line, I mean, that's where – you're going to see the most change out of anything because you're losing some of your best players. Uh, and Perrion Winfrey just comes out of the MVP. By the way, uh, be on the lookout for Perrion Winfrey's jersey, apparently. His helmet and his shoes it got stolen. Hell? Like, who the hell steals that? That's so messed up. I will say, like, how? Like, you don't leave that stuff in your car. It sucks. He might have left his bag Hopefully in the lobby or something. Yeah. He, he even just... named a place this morning. Oh, did he really? Trinity Bluffs Parking Garage. So he did leave it in his car. Somebody broke in and stole it. Yep. I just, I, 
I don't know how it, that's an apartment complex, Trinity Bluffs. By the way, you don't want to buy. You, I hope they find it. You do not want to buy that jersey and then have Perrion Winfrey walk into your house with that hanging on the wall. That'd exactly. Like, what are you going to do with it? <laughs> Who, who's in that market? Put it in a shadow box and just keep it. Like it's, ugh. yeah. I don't. I, I don't know what you're expecting to do with that. So. But no, I mean, but defensive line wise, I mean, got all the new names that are coming in. Uh, it's just, it's going to be crazy. Linebackers, it's going to be crazy. Safety, nuts. I mean, you've lost your two starting safeties for basically the last three years. And sing. I'm sorry, at safety? Uh, like. No, no. I, I, Pat Fields and yeah, Valerian Turner Fields Yale. DTY. Is, is it wrong to say they might be in a better shape now? Uh, no, no I, I think I, I, I am fine. They had good years. I mean, Delaney Turner Yale had the injuries, but, you know, that, that West Virginia game, when he got hurt, he played his ass off in that game. And I don't think, sure. I think Pat Fields had his best year by far, especially through run support. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm relatively excited to see what the transfer market actually brings to Oklahoma, and we'll be able to see most of those guys during the spring. I'm intrigued to see if Key Lawrence moves over. And sure. Don't who trigger Josh. ends up being the we've best already, five? We've already triggered Josh with Caleb Williams this morning. Let's not get Key Lawrence <laughs> trigger in there. Because, I mean, between as Woody long as DJ he's on the field, and, I'll live. And Billy and... I mean, there's who's going to end up being the best five. I think Trey Morrison will be one of those guys at safety, but the other safety mm-hmm. spot, nickel spot, no, no clue how it'll all work work out. Yeah, and I mean, it's going to yeah, be interesting I'm, just seeing Brent kind of evaluate where guys should be too, whether yep. it's Key Lawrence or Billy Bowman, uh, whoever. Because I can say I know that Key Lawrence was a guy that Clemson really liked uh, when he was a recruit. So that that's a guy that they'll come in with some knowledge of and kind of, you know, hey, we, we know what we like. Or at least in Brent's case or Todd Bates's case, they have some familiarity there. Um, so I, th- that'll be kind of interesting to see what they want to do with him. But, I mean, I agree. I I think the talent in the secondary is actually going to be pretty good, maybe maybe better than last year. But it's just a matter of where does it all kind of fit in, just with, with, like Bob was saying. I mean, there's so many variables in how they could play all that. Yeah, and then, you know, offensively, just seeing how the receiver position works out. Like, uh, is Brian Darby a guy that starts to kind of emerge as, as one of the guys? I mean, we know Marvin Mims is there. We know... Um, God, he was the Oes, you know, returning. It is more worried about more worried about wide receiver, or offensive line, and how that whole thing comes together. Or equal offensive line. About both. I think offensive line. <laughs> but again, uh, I I go back to what we talked about last time when we talked about him. If Schmitty has his, you know, if Schmitty does his job. Maybe that solves a lot of issues on the offensive line that we, you know, that we've been scratching our heads over, because we all think the talent's there. 
It's just for whatever reason, those guys haven't performed. It goes all the way back to Creed Humphrey. Yeah. I mean, I, I you could just watch the decline of. I, I I mean, I don't think there was any position where it was more obvious as the farther time got away from Schmitty, the less and less productive that offensive line was. I mean, that 2017 group, uh, see, Schmidt, Schmidt left after 2017, right? He yes. stayed for one year of Lincoln? Yeah. 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 So he was there. You had that group, and then, yeah, and there were still remnants in 2018 and 2019 that had worked, you know, Cody Fords, those guys. But, it, you know, it was never the same. After really 2018, you could just start to see it slowly kind of chip away. But... Guys, the one, you know, we were talking about receiver a little bit. The two that I, the, now I keep saying one, two. Jalil Farouk, everybody I've talked to says that dude was outstanding all through December. Like that, that, the, what he did in the bowl didn't surprise anybody. Like that, they really thought that he was starting to come on and maybe be a guy. So, you know, he stays around, which I, has got to be one of the biggest surprises on the roster, right? I mean, that he's, that OU looks like they've kept him. Um, and if they, if he can come on the way I hear that they, they feel like he might, you add him to Drake Stroops, Theo Weiss, Marvin Mims, I mean, and then maybe Jaden Gibson, you know, if, if Schmidt can put weight on him and get him going, that's a super talented guy. I mean, that's other than Theo, that's the most highly rated receiver on your campus. So, uh, you know, at least as far as high school rankings go. So that's, um, that'll be interesting. You get Cody Jackson, who I thought at times looked like a player for OU last year. Yeah. So. There are some limited. pieces, but they just need some people to step up. Yep, exactly. You just don't know. Like, you think maybe, but there's not a lot of, I know that guy can play. Right. I'm not throwing the towel in on Trey West, but there's still nothing to say that he's going to bust out now. Although you kind of hear, yeah. you heard stuff early about Trey West, West kind of like you did Jalil Farouk. Like, mm-hmm. you know, That's like fair. he was a guy that was making a lot of plays in practice. And then it just never, and you saw they tried to use him early and it just never really evolved. And then, you know, you you, you heard that stuff about Jill Farouk and then in the bowl game, he looked like a badass. You're like, where's yeah. this guy the, been all year? The The best thing I'll say about the offensive line, and, you know, to me, the bigger the biggest concern is tackle. Like, guard, I feel like there's enough players in there they can, you know, Chris Murray, McCabe Matower, you know, Andrew Rame. Like there, there's people in there that they can make that work. And plus you, you can, you can hide it a little bit easier inside if you're not great than you can at tackle. Tackle, you're just going to get exposed. But um, you know what? I, I mean, if at, you got Schmitty and he's beating those guys into shape, I like Anton Harrison. Yep. I like Savion Bird. I like Wanye Morris. I mean, it seems like if he could get the mind. best yep. out of those guys, they could be just fine, if not better yeah, they, than they were they a year ago. Make it, or they take off when spring's over. He's yep. the perfect fit for what they need. They'll find out if those guys can yep. be what they need them to be, mm-hmm. or they won't be there anymore. Like I, I think that is that's a really good way to put that, Bob. I mean, the thing that's funniest about all of that, like you talk about Schmitty and development, is like. How much he and Trent Williams wanted to kill each other, and Trent Williams is the best player in football for at his position for years now. I think that's the secret to Schmidt's success, though. And loosely, kind of what 
Sonny Galloway was so good at. It made you hate him, and that like drove something out of you that you didn't know that you had. Dylan Gabriel said the same thing on the pod today. Really? Uh huh. About Schmitty? About who? Yeah. Even though it's just been early, is like he just pushes you so much. Sure. Well, I think that's what really good motivators yeah. do. Although Schmitty kind of took it too far Schmitty when he does it went, in a different way. When he went to the Washington <laughs> Times and basically called Trent Williams a pussy before the draft. Yeah, like I or that, after he got drafted, like that was the only time that like, he was like, I was like, okay, Schmitty, that might have been over the line for you. Well, that's why I think like you know the the soul thing uh, is so interesting that they add somebody like a Curtis Lofton because he's going to be there and be kind of that go between. They're the good cops. I mean, they're all the good cops. Well documented how his problems, right? Curtis's problems with Schmitty. I mean, that's why he left. I mean, you were you you had the hookup in those days. I mean, your buddy was quarterback in that team i mean I, I curtis has talked about it before he didn't want to put up with shit anymore it worked out he went got drafted in the second round played 10 years in the league but i mean i i i think that's one of the reasons why he got out or why he left ou so early yeah say like so early a year early I yeah mean, he just left a year I, early i think that stuff is fascinating like is, are we putting too much into, or I guess just giving him the benefit of the doubt as far as like, everybody keeps talking about, oh, you can feel the culture change the culture change. It's like, well, I mean, it's only been like a month. Can really that much change in a matter of 30 days? I, I mean, you know, we've and seen. It's not going to matter what the culture's like if they start two and two next year. Look, I think we saw. We saw transformations even when Wiley was here. So there's no reason to think that you can't see the same thing with Schmitty, if not even greater. And by the way, you mentioned, you know, Curtis leaving a year early. I do find it really interesting that Brent keeps talking about players staying four and five years. Because we've gotten so used to, I mean, like, it is so strange. Like, the culture at Clemson is a lot more old school than I thought that it was. But we got so mm -hmm. used to saying, like, there's no sense in redshirting players anymore. Like, they're if they're good enough, they're going to leave, and you're going to have to bring somebody else in here. And then Brent comes in, he's like, no, we want guys, we, we want guys to stay four and five years. Like, we're going to be built on having fifth-year players. And I'm just like, that's such a different way of looking at it than anybody else looks at it now. Well, there are so many, how many years have we seen like a Clemson guy we all thought was going to leave and then decided to stay another year? Well, Wilkins yeah. was, it's definitely I mean, a, Wilkins it's, stayed, that right? That happened yeah. quite a bit. With that defensive line, it's a lot of those guys didn't factor. go early. It's definitely a buy-in factor of like of buying into that culture, buying into a belief. And, you know, they, they've talked about, and Brent talked about it during the 90-minute uh, marathon marathon that we had, which was awesome, but also crazy at the same time. <laughs> I think it's, it's one of those things that they want to develop, you know, the man and then the football player becomes after that. And, you know, if, is that all bullshit? I don't know. 
it's going to be interesting to see how many players they can get to buy into something like that. Well, I think it's, it's just, and we were talking about this the other day, just all the changes that he's making internally, uh, and yeah, you know, or, or Thad Turnipseed is, um, well, yeah, I, but it, it, it basically it, sounds like that they're, it's a football office that was still running in 1999. I mean, as much as had changed from the Bob Stoops to the Lincoln Riley era, there were still a ton of people. This is the first time that Oklahoma football program has had like a new set of eyes on what is going on in 20 years. It's, it's kind of crazy. I almost think of it, and I know this is nerdy business talk, but I almost think of it as like, they talk about cost of customer acquisition. Like you, you put a price on how much it costs you to bring a customer into your business. Um, and like, if that's too high, you're spending more money to get a customer than you are to sell them something. So anyway, it's almost like they realize, okay, there's a cost to keeping players in your program. And we are going to focus on building the, the team that allows us to do that. And I think that's partially, you know, what the soul stuff is. But it, it is like you can't just rely on a coach to sue the player's ego because Schmitty has pissed him off uh, and he's sick of, you know, getting his ass thrown through the ringer. Like, you have to be able, like you said, to have a Curtis Lofton that you can talk to or a Caleb Kelly uh, or Josh Norman. Like, someone that's been there before that you know, is going to help guide you through the tough time. So you just don't quit and go enter the portal. Like, especially now, like, and you look at like, we all talk about, well, this, this is basketball now where players just transfer all the time. And you think about like basketball has such a, a smaller, you know, footprint of staff to kind of help people guide, you know, to help guide people through that. It's like Venables has come in and said, look, we need to have an entire wing of our facility that's devoted to just making it so players don't quit all the time. And it's really kind of like, why hasn't this been done the whole time? Boom. It's just different. It's a different, different way to run a program. There's no doubt about that. But also, but at the same time, there's certainly, you know, some of the same elements I would imagine that you know, Bob had. I, I don't think it's like a wholesale change, but it definitely sounds like that turnip seat is they're going to make some changes. And, you know, we talk so much about the support staff and all that. I, they're still going to make more hires. I mean, I had heard yeah. the number six or seven more staff hires uh, or support staff hires that are going to be made. I mean, it's... Yeah, they're going to be like close to... That was talking about last week. They'll be close to like 60, right? When this is all said and done. The what? They'll be close to like 60 when this is all said and done, I think. Because they're already... Like, we were counting them up the other day. It was like 43 or something like that. Just based off of like one picture that we were looking at. Yeah. And that wasn't even updated with some of the, the latest hires from last week. And I, I don't think it had people like, you know, nutritionists and stuff like that in it either. But just like football, analysts, coaches, you know, student assistants, soul stuff, like it was 
in the 40s just with that. So it could be in the 70s Guys, or 80s. The the comparison I heard, and I think I said it to you all, but like I had someone tell me, turnip seed's almost like a football like engineer, like as far as what's needed, what's not. Like we're we're gonna break it all down to brass tacks, and then kind of okay, now this is what's needed, this is what we don't need, this is what's got to be fixed. Like just all about efficiency. Like wh- wh- is what like is the, the most useful? Is he like the two Dugs in Office Space? When they come in and interview everybody and say, what would you say you do here? And then he gets rid of them if, you know. They got the two wrong bobs. answer. Yeah. Two bobs, you're right. Is it it's the, the two, two bobs? It wasn't the two dugs? It's yes. the two bobs. Okay. I, I was, well, let me tell I you, Bob. Over. It's been a long bosses. time since I've watched Office Space. I was going more of the wolf in Pulp, in, in pulp Fiction, too. <laughs> like a cross between the that two is, of them? Just, he's, he's a very violent Bob. But, that, but they, oh, he already has a wolf. They don't need another wolf. They do, but this is a different version of the wolf. Man, do you think, what if you got the two wolves together? <laughs> if, if you got the two wolves together, the Williams family would no longer exist. Yes. <laughs> Just disappear off the face of the earth. No one would know what happened. This is the Morning. first time ever be that Jules. our lawyers are saying, no, 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 no. <laughs> Yeah, this might be kind of like, uh, it might not be that we don't have a lawyer. It's, it might be that our lawyer calls and said, yeah, I can't be your lawyer anymore. You're talking about yes. stuff that's going to get us all killed. Our lawyer gets, uh, our loyal lawyer cancels us. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, but there's a lot of change going on. There's going to continue to be a lot of change. Uh, and I, it's good. I mean, it's good that we're talking about this instead of the idiot out west or the bitch or whatever. Like, I'm, I'm, I think he's moved from bitch to cock. He's a cock now. <laughs> I'm, I'm for whatever. And that's the thing. It's like we have, to, we have to talk about this kind of stuff, and we're learning more and more. And the more we have 90-minute press conferences, uh, the more we learn. But I'd be like, Bob, there's so much stuff still from this press conference you haven't even got to that you're going to put on the site. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. This will be for next week. His uh, The balance or juggling act for him in terms of hiring people from Clemson. You could tell. He, it wasn't like a bad answer, but you could tell that it was something that he maybe wasn't ready to answer about. But after all the talk about Riley taking everyone to USC... I'm sure there's a lot of Clemson people wondering, well, didn't Venables do that in a, in a different way, but almost in the same way? Because you're taking a lot of guys, even if they weren't full-time staff members except for Bates, but you know, you're taking Miguel Chavis, you're taking Ted Roof, you're taking Thad, you're taking all those people that Clemson people knew, and now they're Sooners. How is that any different? So that's something I'm going to dive into for next week. Yeah, and I'm well, not trying and- to. I'm not trying to, you know, jump on that. But and I remember what his answer was. Well, you know, everybody that came is in a better position than when they left. But Correct. I would say that Bates is probably the one guy that you, that probably Clemson people are like, we were going to give him whatever he wanted, regardless, and he mm-hmm. and you still took him. And the same goes with Jaron. I'll have the Jaron Connect stuff in there mm-hmm. too, and just kind of the whole OU Clemson over, uh, overlap stuff. I'm interested. I, did he describe why he felt those were different, like a, a player versus a versus a coach? Why why that 
it's okay to take well, one. Play, he was so I mean, uncomfortable. He told Jaron to not be a Sooner. He told him to at least sure. go to Clemson for a year, try it out, and then see what happens. And he made mm-hmm. it kind of sound like the family got involved. Yeah, it sounded like his mom was the one that stepped in and was like, you're going to do what you're going to do. Dabo yeah. that we were, we're not going to come here. And then when that conversation happened and, every, every, and everything was cleared, then it was okay. Quietly come to OU. That was the the uh, the other thing he said. Don't make a ruckus. Don't make a ruckus about like flipping your commitment on signing day or anything like that. Which we know he didn't. And so just quietly go about your business and go ahead and make your choice. Can I make a borderline controversial statement? I almost think I appreciate you really want- way of doing it more. <laughs> like at least because I mean, what are you supposed to do? And Riley's situation. It's like, they're is he not supposed to go after K. He's trying to make his team the best that he possibly can. Yeah, I mean, wants. look, it's, it's in the end. I, 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 I know he's just doing what he's got to do. It, sure. The problem is it's all semantic. We don't like it. We don't have to like it. And we don't have, we, yeah. you know, I don't like having it thrown back in my face all the time. Like it's just, uh, I don't know. I'm not, I've got, I've got no problem with it. With what he did. I've got a problem with acting like you don't know what you were doing. Don't play sure, stupid. Man. Like, sure. be honest about it. But, like, I've got no, no – like, he's doing what's best for his team. That's fine. i got no problem with that. I, guys, honestly, I said it at the time. I don't understand I, – I, I, I would be much more like Riley than I would be Venables if I was in the situation. Like, I, I want all the players I can get. Like, that's – Da, da, I, Dabo paid me a lot of money, and that's great. We're friends and all, and that's fine. Man, I, I'm here to win. Like that's my whole job. That that's the point. Yeah, like, these people I, are I know paying Brent me seven million dollars. I need to. Yes. I need to do the best I can for this because this is now my job, not that, not those guys. Yep. Yeah, believe exactly. I don't owe anything to Clemson. I gave them a. Wearing... I think that I think the thing that the fans. And I mean, Clemson can be this. Clemson fans can be this way too. Like you develop that relationship on our dime. Like it's like with Relique Brown. It's like, okay, you used Oklahoma. Well, I mean, Relique Brown came in on his own too a little bit. So I mean, it's not like his first camp. He paid his way to get here. Um, but yeah. I'm sure if you're Joe C or you know your administration, you're like. We spend millions of dollars on recruiting every year, and you just use that to fill up your class somewhere else after you screwed us over. The problem is well, Brent didn't and, and screw anybody over. Questions. Exactly. There's a legitimate question of where Riley's motivations were at certain points in the year because of things that we're hearing happened and were done. Brent never did that. Brent was still recruiting for Clemson the week of being hired. Right, yeah. And and actively, like, out seeing lots and lots of players. And I think, didn't uh, Kanak School send out the picture of yeah, he and Venables? The, the watch. Yep. Okay. But it was, like, Brent didn't send anything out. Jared didn't, Jaron didn't send anything out. Like, it, like that, Correct. to me, is kind of significant Correct. looking back on it now. Sure. I mean, oh, I, uh, guys, I, I talked like, about it at the time. Even when Brent's talking, even when Brent's talking about Jaron and their relationship, that that kid was never going to go anywhere that Brent Venables wasn't. 
they have a very special bond, it, it would seem. And even some and of the stuff that he said about apologized about that. It's like that's not how it's supposed to be. You're supposed to go right. to the school. You're like, what? No, you know, I'm relational, and this is what happened. But that's not how it's supposed to be. It was weird how he doesn't felt. It, he almost felt bad that he had developed such a strong bond with the kid. Doesn't it kind of feel like he sees a lot of himself in Jaron Kanak? Obviously, Jaron Kanak's probably a little bit more athletic. Sorry, Brent, but. Like, I feel like he sees a lot of himself kind of, and he didn't go into it, but he kind of mentioned some of the, something about something happened in Kanak's childhood and the way that he's been raised. I don't know. It just seemed like they have a special type of relationship that he sees maybe a lot of himself in. And maybe it's just because he's from Kansas and I'm. Yeah, I think it's more the Kansas thing than anything else. I just thought the, 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 the the comment he made about, uh, you know, some of the stuff that he didn't want to go into. I thought was kind of intriguing. And we'll find out. I mean, you know, two, three, four years down the road, I'm sure that it'll at some point be covered. It kind of the the fun part about this new era that's beginning. Well, and then you've got TD Roof, and that's kind of an interesting story. I mean, just the whole, just how much that linebacker room is going to change is just, it's going to be really interesting. And, Exciting. Seems like, like it's a strong group. Does that like position changes? David Aguebu going to stick where yeah, he is? Yeah. Does Brent see something better for him? And I mean that with that collection of defensive coaching talent, you think they'd be able to evaluate what's best for David Aguebu, right? Because clearly, we thought that he was he was. I mean, I think we talked about it last preseason. Like we thought he was the even with Perion and. Nick Benito, like, we still thought he might be the most talented player on that defense and the guy that could be drafted higher than anyone else. Oh, no doubt. I mean, I, I remember yep. doing a uh, roundtable at the beginning really of the year. Well. Is like, I thought I thought David Wegbu was going to have a massive year. Wrong about that. Uh, Josh, what uh, recruiting trail? I mean, you see in, you know, your past signing day, we're past uh, everybody wanting to kill you for no scoop last Friday. Um, but anything really <laughs> kind of catching your eye out there on the recruiting trail lately? Um, I think more than anything, you're starting to see 2023 start to build. Um, you know, obviously you had the Eric McCarty commitment um, at the uh, at junior day. I put up kind of a preliminary list in this morning's Oklahoma, just as an idea of, you know, this is what I've kind of got together. Uh, the headliners, absolutely Caden Green, the big offensive lineman from St. Louis, um, actually, you know, have um, spoken to him quite a bit here as of late, actually spoken to his father as well. You know, for those that don't know, his family's from the Oklahoma area. They both went to ORU. His mother actually played, uh, I heard an interesting story, his mother played, a basketball at ORU and actually played against one of Sherry Cole's better teams in, um, and lost to them as a, the, ORU was a 15 and, and OU was a two seed. And I, you know, I won't claim that I remember the game or anything, but apparently it was pretty tight. Uh, ORU felt some calls, went OU's way, um, maybe undeservedly late in that game. And, uh, so, you know, I think there is, there's definitely um, – it would seem like that could start some bad blood, but it definitely feels like, you know, his family has a real connection with the state of Oklahoma. I think that is 
Um, it's going to be a lot for any school to overcome. I, I, I get the impression OU's in really good shape there. For those that don't know, Caden Green is a borderline five-star offensive lineman, uh, big-time dude, already been to the rivals camps, uh, some of the national camps. Uh, very, very talented guy. So it will be, um, it'll be very interesting to see where that goes. But yeah, I, I think you're starting to see some of the focus where Oklahoma is doing a lot of, go, go ahead, go ahead. We, we could talk Ashton's commitment to go along with your 2023 class. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's, I, I, see, God, this is, this is why I need Bob because I was like, there's somebody else and I'm blanking on who it was. And absolutely it's Ashton Cozart. Um, for those that don't know, I think we can say it now. Ashton Cozart was going to commit to Oklahoma the day after Bedlam. He was going to announce the day Lincoln My Riley God. announced he was going to USC. <laughs> yes. And I I mean, like, Ashton and I had talked about it. We were aware. Like, it, it was all in the cards. It was happening. And then I, I messaged him about an hour after all that started, and I was like, uh, hey man. And he goes, yeah, yeah, it, it's off. And I was like, okay, I got you. So, um, but I, I, I think Oklahoma is just what he's always wanted to do. He, he loves it. I mean, he made a comment about, um, Oklahoma being more, you know, him actually feeling like they've improved the staff. He feels more comfortable with who's there and what's around him and those kind of things. So I, um, you know, I, I think Oklahoma's done a really good job and, I know some will look at our rankings and see him as a three star. I, I think he's a much better player than that. Um, on three, 24 seven, I believe even ESPN have him ranked considerably higher than that. So I, I would expect that to correct. I, I think it's just a, maybe a guy that maybe our rivals national guys hadn't seen enough of or whatever it is, but on tape, that's a, that's a mid to high level four star player. I mean, that, that, Ashton Cozart's very talented, very good get for OU and I think between he and Jackson Arnold at um, at Denton Geyer, it's a sign of stuff you're hearing in the Dallas area with with Jay Valai, with Kale Gundy, with Bill Beanbow. There are a lot of guys on that staff that have a lot of good connections in the Dallas area, and I think you're going to see OU really emerge again as a as a real Dallas recruiting force. And I, I you know. I know our old buddy Chad Simmons put in a prediction this week of David Hicks, one of the top probably five players in the country, to Oklahoma. I'm not ready to go that far, but I hear similar stuff, that Oklahoma is really making a push, and the relationship his father has with Todd Bates and the rest of that Oklahoma staff is just massive. So, I, like I said, I, I don't think there's any question that Oklahoma is going to do work in Florida through all their connections there. I think the Midwest is interesting with what they're doing in Kansas City and St. Louis due to all of Brent's ties, uh, you know, dating back to his Kansas State days. But in Dallas, I think is going to get overlooked. But they have a lot of guys on the staff that have a lot of good connections in that area. And in, in talking to a lot of the kids who have visited, it, it I we don't know what happened on a Lincoln Riley visit on a Junior Day visit, but. You know, we hear genuine, we hear sincere, and we hear that Venable spends a lot of time with these guys. Like, it's not just presentations and then, oh, you show up to the Lincoln Riley office for your photo op and your five, ten minutes or whatever it turns out to be. And then Riley, like, goes to the next. It sounds like Venables is more engaged, and I think that's why it's connecting with some of the parents, like we are Andy Wisner and, and people like that, is that, you know, He's making it feel like it's it's not a chore 
for him to do something like this. Like he's all in about being there, being present and not just having the photo op and then, okay, now you guys watch a bunch of presentations while, you know, I just kind of get through this day. Oh, (laughs) sure. You know, and it's, it's something that as a, as a young guy covering recruiting, I would have never understood. Like I, I, I wouldn't have been able to get it. As a guy who's a dad now, I, I absolutely get it. Like I, and the only thing I have to compare it to at this early stage in their life is like babysitters. Like we'd see a, ba- like we'd have a babysitter come over and, you know, the girls loved her and thought she was great or whatever. And then we would see them out in the wild and you could tell they couldn't remember my little girl's names. And then I'd run into one and you're like, they're like, Laney, Layla. And it was very genuine. And you're like, okay, that, that, that person from their side connected with it. And I know that's a silly comparison, but it's the only thing I have to draw on. And that's what it feels like is, yeah, Lincoln Riley knew these kids and he could tell you their names and where they're from and what he was going to do with them in the offense, but he doesn't really know them. Like he doesn't do a lot that tells you, I, you know, I care about you, man. Like you're, I mean, and I'm sure for Caleb Williams and Spencer Rattler and some of the really elite guys that he was going to coach, it's different. But in big, broad terms, Brent Venables just connects with everybody. Like, that's just who he is. I mean, you guys talked about it. an hour and a half Zoom after spending 30 minutes the day before doing it. Nobody does that. That's not a thing. And that's just – that's who he is as a person. And, you know, when I talk to recruits, I talk to parents, genuine. I mean, I'm not – I've said it before – it comes up in every conversation I'm having. And that's not an exaggeration. That's not like they allude to it. The word genuine comes up over and over and over again. It's, like I said, I'm like, do they have signs up somewhere? It's, it's almost like subliminal messaging. Well, and I remember Josh kind of back in the day, and, and this kind of goes to Brent's old school nature. Like, you would run into Brent, like, at a restaurant in Dallas, like, with high school coaches that he took out, like, he was just that kind of guy. Like he, uh, and I, I remember, uh, you know, our our good friend uh, Jason Sexton. Like I remember sitting with him one time at O'Connell's, just talking about Brent and how much coaches liked him, how much time he would take out with them, and that he would, you know, take them and buy them lunch and stuff. And like he's just always been that guy that just he's a relationship developer, and he also he's just one of them. And it's just kind of like you know his speech that he had at the basketball game about he was. He was a crawl on. He wasn't even good enough to be a walk on. Like he, he, he sees himself on your level, not above you. I think that's the best way to explain yeah. Brent. I, you know, and you guys. I mean, you've talked to him obviously more recently than I, you know, than I ever have. But is there? To me, there's always this feeling like Brent is. I could just as easily be a high school defensive coordinator right now. I just got a few good breaks. Like, that's almost yeah. what it feels like mm-hmm. he thinks of his situation. Absolutely. Even more so now that he's the head coach at Oklahoma. But, I mean, that's not to say he doesn't feel like he's earned the job or he shouldn't be there. Sure. It's just that Absolutely. he approaches it from a very earnest way. He doesn't I, take any guys, of it for granted. But he has a plan. He has a system that he sticks by, he believes in, and that he's going to implement. He just doesn't take it for granted. I had a a parent ask me, and it was kind of a, how long have you known Brent? 
is he really like this? Like, is this who he is? And I'm like, right? I, I, and like, guys, I'm really, I mean, you guys know me. I'm really leery of like sounding like I'm recruiting for a school or like, I, 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 I hate that. I don't ever want to be that guy. That's not my job. It's not what I'm into. But I was like, I, I, I've, you know, I've, I met Brent the first time 20 years ago. I've never known him to be anybody else. Like he, he is, he's a genuinely nice person. Like, I don't, I mean, I'm not, I don't want to make it sound like, oh, Brent's perfect. Like, everybody's got their flaws. But, like, Brent is genuinely a good human being. And, like, that is, I, I think, more, it, it, and it's it's perfect timing because I think everybody thought similar things of Lincoln Riley, and now we can all see it in hindsight. Like, oh, maybe that wasn't what it was. And Brent's just, he's a breath of fresh air because he does things I think in the way we all wish we would do them, but we're like, I, 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 that's a lot of energy. I don't, I don't want to put that much work into that. <laughs> yeah, that's the one thing. It's just like Brent is he's a he's a ball of energy. It's like I could never oh. be that. Like I don't have that much energy. Like, I, well, and he was doing the workouts at the Florida high school. You were like, I bet he does that at every high school he goes to. <laughs> like he he has that level of energy to get in like twenty minutes at every. Every gym he walks into. Well, uh, is there anything else recruiting, or do we want to skip to the sport that uh, I hate watching right now, which is OU bas- men's basketball, at least. Women are pretty good. Let's Men, just say so it, it's it's a dead it's a dead period throughout the rest of this month. Yeah, yeah. So if there's any you know recharge, and I, I'm not even sure if the coaches are going on vacation, you know, since they're all new, but this is a dead period. So just to, just expect some offers just like we've been seeing every single day. But I don't know if you're going to get that, oh, my God, like shocking news. This is also usually just the wind yeah. down. I mean, you're kind of yep. gearing up for pro day. You're gearing up for the combine, obviously. Mm-hmm. It just, it, it's you very normal bunch of, for there nothing to be going on. You got a bunch of coaches that got to find places to live, too, which yep. is bizarre. <laughs> sure. Including the head guy. Early next w- <laughs> Early next week, I'm hoping to have my offer, you know, like I do each offer that comes out, a little thought on their film, a little kind of thought on where they are recruiting. It may be 60 players long. It, it's going to take me forever to get through it. So, oh. uh, but they, they've been busy. I mean, 2024, 23, I mean, they're making offers nationwide. They've been very busy. They are. They're definitely, you know, not just limiting toward, you know, certain sections. I think that's one thing people wondered about. Mm-hmm. They're hitting Coast to coast, north, south, east, west. It doesn't matter. Every year it seems like there's a guy around this time of the year, especially from OK Preps, that kind of you go, oh, this guy's going to be a big deal. It seems like Cole Adams is kind of taking that reign right now. I, I, he, he is prominently featured in this week's Oklahoma, and I, if, it, if we are at OU's next junior day on March 5th, and he doesn't have an offer, I'll be pretty surprised. Like that That's kind of where I'm at as far as he and Oklahoma right now. And I know people say, well, why hasn't it happened? Guys, so, you know, you look at guys like Kale Gundy that were were there, Bill Biedenboe, Joe John Finley. They were in on a different set of receivers. They had Brandon Ennis committed. They were after Jalen Hale. You know, there were all these other situations going on. At, you know, DeAndre Moore, Makai Lemon. Like, they were almost done at wide receiver. And now you kind of have to start over. Well, with that in mind, there was no reason for them to go really evaluate Cole Adams. They they kind of knew we, we're not going to have a spot for that guy. We don't want to waste his time. Well, now that's obviously changed. And I to me, what I, what I have gathered is once OU basically can see him in person, watch him work out a little bit, 
I would be shocked if he went much longer than that without an offer. Like there, there's no question the people in Norman like his tape a whole lot. I don't know if I, what is Cole Adams Twitter? Give me a second. Adams 12 Cole. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I got a, uh, okay. Did he, no. did he just get a follow from? No, Kerry no, 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 no. I, <laughs> someone had sent me, I was trying to verify that he was an account, but, but right before the pod, it wasn't him that sent it. Uh, but just a, okay. a, a guy named Bart DM me. Uh, someone needs to open Kel Gundy's eyes to Cole Adams. Owasso. the Sooners missed too many in-state players. I think they know. I Bart. I, I think they guys. Know. I, I we talked about it last week. That I don't think that's going to be happening much anymore. They are they are combing the state. I mean, they they've already made. And I talked about it. I don't know if I talked about it in the pod, but it was in Woke a couple of weeks ago. They are already working hard on the two top 20, 2025 guys in the state. Guys that haven't right. even finished their freshman year of high school have already been on the phone with Brent Venables. Like it, they're, they're not screwing around in state. They're not going to get beat because they didn't get on a guy early enough. I, with Cole, like I said, I think it's just purely they'd like to see, see him in person. And I, and I know people say, well, they make offers out of state guys that they haven't seen in person. Well, in a lot of cases, they have seen them in person. They were, they might have been recruiting for Alabama or Clemson or somewhere else at that point, but they've seen the guys. And the other thing is a guy that gets a, you know, an Oklahoma offer from Tennessee is not immediately going to commit to Oklahoma. I'm not saying Cole Adams will either, Mm -hmm. but it's something you have to prepare for. You offer an in state guy, as I've said over and over again, you have to be prepared to take that guy. And they know that, and so they're just making sure they do their due diligence. I don't want people to get it wrong, too. It's like these guys, I guess in a way, Josh, is it is it wrong to say that these the, the guys that they are offering in-state or the guys that they're doing the legwork for in-state, they deserve Oklahoma offers. It's because Oklahoma kids are getting better and better as opposed to just offering an Oklahoma kid to be offering an Oklahoma kid. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, they're just not just no, throwing offers at kids from Oklahoma. Like, some of these kids that are coming up are going to be really, really good football players. Yeah, this isn't a press relations tour. That, that's not what this. This is. This is this staff holds Oklahoma talent in a higher regard than its predecessor, at least at the top. I don't want to. I don't want to wrap up everybody because there were several guys on that staff. You know, at least one in Brian Odom that is an Oklahoma preps product, you know, like he, he gets it. He knows what was there. So like, I don't want to say that uh, completely, but I think it's pretty clear. Lincoln Riley never thought a lot of Oklahoma high school football. Um, and you know, yes. good, bad, you can feel any way you want to about that, but that's just, I think that's evident through the action. Um, this staff does not feel the same way. And guys, I mean, we've bagged on this podcast about Kansas high school football plenty of times, and, you know, Brent Venables it, it, it probably wouldn't stand for that. We, we might get into a fist fight over it. Like, he, he'll go recruit Kansas kids any day of the week. So, um, might get a running I, back out I think it. anybody, yeah, I think anybody with eyes would agree that Oklahoma's product is better. But, so he, he's not going to look down his nose on that stuff. Like, if, if an Oklahoma guy's good enough and they, guys, you know, people say, oh, Eric McCarty. Eric McCarty's a good football player. I mean, and he, 
he fits Brent to a T. Like he's a guy that's going to be physical, going to play aggressive. He's mean. Like there, there's there's nothing about him that isn't a nice fit for OU. So that it's you're Eddie. It's a really good point because a lot of people would place that as oh they're trying to win over the Oklahoma high school coaches. No, they're trying to win football games, and they they feel like there's some guys in state that can help them do that. And I. Guys, I, I haven't put out my rankings yet because I keep getting you know caught up with one thing or another. Cole Adams is going to be a top five player in the state of Oklahoma for me. I, I can tell you right now he's sitting at number two without me finishing all of my tape yet. So, I, like I said, if he's outside the top three or four, I'll be shocked. But he is, he is really, really good. And is, you know, people will say, oh, you know, what about it? I think the kid ran like a 10-6-2 a couple weeks ago in the 100. Like, he can run. And... You know, I, I, I've gone on too long, but he, he is plenty, plenty good. I'm sorry I caught up with a Colin Coward tweet that Eddie was involved in this morning. Just now, so. I just wanted to make him aware of Friar Firecracker eating Party Frank. Marty and the Firecracker eating Frank in the morning. Oh, my God, he's such a troll. Oh, it's perfect. Yeah, that's what we were talking about earlier. I I thought by your response that you probably hadn't seen it yet. No, yeah, I had was... not. I I showed, mm-hmm. I napped, and then I woke up for this. Um, I didn't get to see the. I'll go back and listen to the uh, pod on the prairie here in a little bit. Check out um, Dylan Gabriel, and uh, I I could have done without seeing that Colin Coward tweet. I really could have. What a dick. <laughs> Dicks belong with and dicks. It's, it's just, Hashtag well, it's just so. Carrie right. was right. I mean, he was right the entire time. Do we have a screenshot of the the um, the post on the board? That's a T-shirt. I think I have it for my lawyers somewhere in a file. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's no, get I approval. Never, I'm telling you, I, I mean, never get a T-shirt. I never took that post down. I locked it. But uh, okay. I was like, Amazing. I told my employers, like, I'm not deleting that post. Like, I, I, you it's know, if you like, want to fire me, psyche of the Oklahoma fan between then when you were like the worst person in the entire world to now when it's like, well, yeah, I mean, the guy was right. No, I was like, look, if I'm going to get fired over this, I'm not deleting it. Like, I'm leaving it to stand because if I sue you over this, I want to be able to have that copy of that. <laughs> I got a I got a quote of it. I got a question in the NSD chat. Basically, how does it feel to work with the one guy that stood up to Lincoln Riley? And I was like, oh my god, how this story has changed! It's amazing. That is just unbelievable. Yeah, a bunch of you people try to get me fired. Now I'm now I'm a hero that stood up to the tyranny of Lincoln Riley. Tyranny. <laughs> it was the tyranny of the media, which nobody cares about. That's why I was pissed. And by the way, there's no way that Lincoln Riley's controlling, like, Lincoln Riley's not vetting that and getting him on Good Morning America. That's Caleb's people. We said that at the beginning, so. I'm yeah, done. I'm done. I'm, we let Colin Coward bring it back. We, I let him do it. world we live in. Like, do you guys ever, like, just sit back and the last six months of what this thing has been has just been, been incredible. There's been so little football as opposed to like what actually has been going on besides the disaster. Even during the season. Right. Yeah. Even during the season, we couldn't talk about football. It's like, what the f*** is happening? 
Uh, you know, it's Starting been quarterback was getting booed. <laughs> Caleb Williams was the savior, and now he's the antichrist. It's incredible. It's like we got the greatest OU Texas game ever, and we paid for right. it every other step of the way. And the the key cog and all of that is now gone. This is gonna end, this is gonna go full circle when uh, Caleb Williams opens a uh, mega church and more. <laughs> I don't think they can fit any more of those and more. I think they're full. <laughs> it's probably true. It's probably true. It's going to have to be North Norman. There's, oh, my gosh. There's only, there's only a small mega church in North Norman. So The big one's over there. I think there's a... No, that's a, that's a Norman regional. There's a, there's a life church over there on Highway 9. <laughs> We getting churches and hospitals mixed up. <laughs> That's all they build in Norman right now same. is churches and hospitals and mega church, mega yeah. churches and hospitals. Sure. Hmm. Um, do we want we want to touch on hoops, Bob? Would you like Would you like to make a prediction that everything's going to change and be better, <laughs> and that there's there's light at the end of the tunnel? That is the no, Big Twelve. They, am I crazy to think they can get to eight and ten? Yes, they're not getting to eight and Oof. ten. Yeah, they're Three not getting to eight, to eight and eight. ten. I'm guaranteeing you a win eight tonight, and so they're going to be four and seven after this evening. You just got to steal one in Ames or Manhattan. Win the, all the home games, mm-hmm. and steal one in. I don't think it's going to happen. What's Iowa the State right now? Are they like home, five wins? In? Lost at home, TCU, Butler. Yes. Like home court hasn't meant that sure. you're going to, you know, no, that's just fair. play better. Sure. But yeah, they've got the next seven days, and you know it's Tech, Kansas, Texas. Texas. You've got chances. But you've had chances before. I appreciate it. I appreciate what Porter Moser was saying in the Zoom is like, it's not like do or die now. We our guys have felt like that for a while, which is incredible. <laughs> too. It's like I don't know if they've played like it. If if they're really feeling like man, it's now or never. It's now or never. We've got to get it going. And then you see the TCU effort, and you see the Bedlam effort, and you're like, you know. I've told you this before. I mean, that they can get to. I've told you this before. To me, they are playing like it's do not just do or do or die. They're playing like they're gonna have their hands chopped off if they turn the ball over again. They're like so paralyzed. I mean, it's just I think like scared of Moser. I told Bob that leaving uh, Stillwater on Saturday. I've thought that for a while now. And I've thought, well, I thought that Porter makes them crazy with his intensity. Like it doesn't, it's not like motivational. It is freaking them out. It's just such a polar opposite from Lawn. Lawn yeah. was on the sidelines. And, and that's where you almost, you're, you're allowed to ask that to Jalen Mo. Elijah now to really like what's it been like? I think for I mean they went other guys they went from owning a dachshund to now owning a Jack Russell Terrier. It's a different lifestyle. It's hard to adjust. You like that, Josh? And, and My man's been researching. He's been researching dogs. You like that, Josh? I knew you'd like that. I'd get you. I'd get you involved in some <laughs> basketball talk. And that's why I asked about Bijan and C.J. Nolan, just because of the fact that you know they signed originally with Kruger. They accepted that Moser was coming in, but now they're losing seven of eight. Is this what they want? And you, it's really sounds like Moser, I'm not saying he understands they might leave. I think he understands how important it is to make sure 
they're all on the same page. I mean, watching every minute of Bedlam with those guys one-on-one individually to make sure, hey, there's a lot to still feel good about. Here's where you can be better, and we need you. We need you in these next eight games because I'm not I'm not ready to just throw in the towel on the senior transfers that I don't know, you can argue if they worked out, but you need to make sure – those younger guys, that core group stays, or you could definitely look at another six, seven transfer season here coming up. And I know that's not what Moser wants. That's what he's talking building his culture, the culture wall that's in Norman is like, you can't do that if you're doing this every single year. So very intriguing to watch the next three, four weeks. No Marvin Johnson on Wednesday night against tech, right? No way. I mean, you saw him Saturday, and sure. I hope I hope he doesn't have to miss the rest of the season because he he's not eligible for the medical hardship. You know, he's played more than thirty percent of the games. It's it's even though he's only played six. If you look at his his stat line, ten games for sixty minutes. So that's six minutes per game. And you have met, like some of them are probably like one or two minutes, but he's played more than thirty percent. The injury happened after the second half of the season started. Like, this is it for him. So I hope he can recover and, and try to make some sort of impact during the last couple of weeks. And it seems like Shagwa's really regressed, kind of. I mean... A little bit. A little, you know, or mentally he's he's thinking a little too much compared to what he was doing the first part of conference season. And that might go into the Mojo talk that, you know, he's worried about one bad decision you get the quick hook, and I mean we we've, we've seen it time and time again. You know that sometimes that's all it takes. If you're on the court two three minutes, and you make one bad choice, he's immediately looking for someone to come to uh, come in for you. All right, uh, announcements coming. Uh, not announcements, but ceremonies coming this week uh, as well. Uh, we're gonna have coverage of that uh, in Oklahoma for you. you know Gavin. Uh, Freeman's um, announcement coming up. Uh, also, um, out of Deer Creek, Jacob Sexton, Jacob Sexton yep. uh, having his uh, announcement as well. So, uh, expect full coverage of that on the site. So, good that those guys get to have their day after we had the bad weather during signing day. And, um, other than that, anything else you guys wanted to throw out there before we get out of here? I mean, I think that's about it. Jenny I'm excited Branchick. to come down and see the office, Gary. I know you've been putting a lot of work in over there. Uh, yeah, all that crap we were talking about—the six months of just hell—it's uh, gonna be—it's gonna pay off a little bit, you know. I'm excited for you guys to see the 11 foot video wall. Maybe even possible yeah. to have a little open house. Did you just hear Josh? Football? He's like, "Oh, that's great, 11 foot video. Yeah, that's great." No, no, no. How much did that uh, cost? <laughs> oh. Carrie gives me a heart attack every time we talk about something going in the office. I'm like, oh, no. Look, it's Super Bowl TV prices right now. What do you want me to do? We need TVs. Bingo. This is the best week to buy a TV. We either. Yeah, you didn't know this? Yeah. No, I didn't know anything about This is not fake. No, like, like we get, like, we save, like, $200 per TV. Yeah. Like, it's, if we're going to buy the, I'm buying all the TVs we need for the office because, Will it'll never be this cheap again until next year? I always thought it was like Christmas or something. It's super. It is Super Bowl weekend. That is when. Yep. I had no idea. Yeah, it's all all like look anywhere. It's all Best Buy. I was just glad that they had as many as we needed. So, 
Wow, I'm looking at one of the ones I've wanted for a long time for my living room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tiffany's out of town. She probably wouldn't even notice for a week that I'd change the television. See, I, I still don't have a TV in my bedroom, which is I, I'm getting to the point in wow. life where I, that would really help me out because watching TV before bed, like, like that's I have to sit in my living room and watch TV, and then I have to like decide, okay, this is the stopping point. I'm getting up and going to bed. Normally, I could just fall asleep. I, it might I went, save my life, actually. I went two TVs in my living room, and it's maybe the best decision I've ever made. Oh, you have two TVs in the, TV in the living TV. room now? Yeah. God. Hey, Bob, do you hear single guy life happening in front of us? <laughs> right. Like that, that's, what, that's what we're hearing right Sometimes now. Sometimes you got to watch two do whatever games the ha- at the same time. The two games that will- No. I, I am speaking from a pure level of jealousy. Like, don't misunderstand my point at all. Well, guess what? I don't get to make those decisions. Guess what? See, I don't have to mess with that because we're going to have a four TV wall just for watching games in the office. Damn it. It's going to be awesome. I'm just going to come up on Saturdays. Well, so I, I hate to, to tell Norman, you this. No, I hate to you tell don't. you this. We're going to make you come up on Saturdays here pretty soon when we're doing YouTube pre- and post-game shows. Hey, that that can work. We, I, I can make. You can that bring work, the girls. So. You know, they can. Yep. They can play with my dog. Oh, the the oh, psh, please, grandparents will be like they're in town. You can go along. We don't even need you anymore. <laughs> so, uh, it, it amazes me how quickly your parents do not care about you once they have grandchildren. Josh is going to demand. Up on all four of them. Man, Josh awesome. is going to demand we open up a NetJets account. Yes. he's going to get that, his that, money back good. after he after he sees the eleven foot TV wall. <laughs> that turnip seed might be able to pull some strings so i'm sure he can get it done give give me a call thad thanks thad uh if our attorney could get in put woody, us in touch that'd be woody great. can you have that yep, call woody yep go ahead thanks you know uh guys just happened here in the last second i don't know if everybody saw it uh chris vanini is reporting oklahoma director of player development scouting analyst chip viney has joined san jose state as cornerbacks coach Good. I mean, I was just thinking about that the other day. It's like, it's got to be frustrating for him when he sees all these coaches. And, and I mean, having Valai come in here, like, how much older is Valai than Chip? Not much, right? No. Can't be much. It's got to be a little frustrating because he deserves to be a position coach. Really good dude. In, man. He's put in the time. I'm happy for him. Yep. And I was always been... a little surprised that he didn't go with Riley, to be completely honest. Well, I mean, he's not going to take Manning's job. Yeah. He knows that. He spent no, four years. True. There's just not a spot. Being behind all those guys. So. Yeah, he could. Kind I mean, like at least at OU, he could. Like, he needs to start his own career. Yeah, he. I yep. mean, I'm happy for him. He really does, and that's awesome. For sure. Yeah. For sure. And he's, he's well-liked. I've never met anybody that came across oh, Chip yeah. and had something good to say. Um. Yeah, I think I think that's it. I think we're good. I think we're done. Let you guys get to getting. And um, I appreciate it. Uh, everybody will be back again uh, next week. I'm trying to think if there's anything life-changing that's going to happen between now and then. But if there is, we'll tell you about it. We'll talk about it. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks to Josh, to Eddie, to Bob. Uh, I am your host, Kerry Murdoch. We'll be back again next week for another edition of the Unofficial 40 Podcast right here from Soonerscoop.com.